everybody, welcome back to Comics on Infinite Earths. I'm your host, John, and once again, I have with me... Heather. And this time around, we actually got a couple of super, super indie comics for you to enjoy. First up, we're looking at Cheshire Crossing which is written by Andy Weir with art by Sarah Anderson. Yes. Now, if those names sound uh, familiar... <laughs> Lucky uh, you. Yeah, Andy Weir is the guy who wrote The Martian. Yes. And Sarah Anderson, you definitely know, if anything, from Facebook, because someone somewhere has posted a Sarah Scribbles. Yes, she does the Sarah Scribbles, which um, she usually posts up on Tumblr. So she's definitely there. That's where I found a majority of her work. And yeah, it's adorable. And this is something that you brought to me because you had mentioned this. Yes, because Sarah An uh, Sarah Anderson posted it on her Tumblr. She said, I'm so happy to say that this is finally coming out. And I learned about it before it was published. And then I kind of forgot about it until I came across that post again. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's out. And I went and found it on Amazon. Yeah, because essentially this was a badly, I guess, I, and I'm not, I'm not being mean when I say this because <laughs> Weir has stated this. Yeah, this has kind of been like it was a badly drawn, uh, almost. I don't want. I kind of want to say web comic, but not really web comic. Mm, I would. I would equate. I would equate it to like a series of Tumblr posts that he attempted to illustrate himself and he has admitted he's a horrible artist. So he basically wrote like a short story in chunks and everyone loved the story and he just wanted to make sure that it got put out with a proper artist. Yeah, so he ended up uh, talking to this uh, internet publishing company called uh, Tapas or Tapas. I've only read it as uh, only word. as a word. I've never actually heard it spoken out loud. So he was looking for a place to possibly publish this and or publish some of his stuff. And he had brought up Cheshire Crossing and and the fact that he needed an artist. And, our, and they have done work with uh, Anderson, so they basically just kind of said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you talk to this person?" Mm -hmm. And thus. We now have Cheshire Crossing, and it is a night like a little YA novel, essentially. Yeah, it's it's made for YA age girls, so we're talking anywhere from like eight to ten to mid teens. There's some swearing, there's some sexual reference in there, but not straight out like sex in the comic. Yeah. And, yeah, it's basically what happens when Dorothy from uh, Wizard of Oz, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, and Wendy from uh, Peter Pan... Yeah, Wendy Darling. ...kind of yeah. slightly grow up, but are also brought together. Well, it's it's after the stories. So, yeah. like, they come back to Earth, and what do they tell their families? And their families assume they're crazy, so they get put into mental institutions. And... It's worse and worse and worse. Nobody believes them. They're also not changing their stories. So they are obviously believing in their delusions, in quotation marks. And uh, finally, they uh, are contacted by a doctor who runs a school in the U.S. I believe his name is Dr. Rutherford. Dr. Rutherford, yes. Yeah. And he contacts them and offers his services to help these troubled girls. But it's, you know, the idea is like, oh, their parents think they're sending them to yet another insane asylum. Yes. And no, Rutherford believes them. Oh, yes. 
he, he is he's a big believer and and is like nope I totally believe you it's very much like at the end of the Narnia for the first Narnia book or the one they made in the movie anyway where he's like well yeah how did you know I totally believe that there's a door in the back of the wardrobe like I I can you show me how to get there like <laughs> you know so Rutherford definitely believes them as far as takes them at face value as to what they say is truth. And we do kind of find out over the course of it, in a way, he does have kind of good reason because he basically has Mary Poppins he as does. his assistant. So, so you got that, huh? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I didn't tell him about the, the there's a there's a nanny character that is basically going to be in charge of the girls' daily routines in the institution, and the doctor is basically just going to be running a couple of tests, asking questions, that kind of thing. And so when I handed the book to John, I was like, oh yeah, there's a nanny, you'll recognize her, just wait. Yeah, and yes, it's Mary Poppins. Yeah, because she goes by the name Poole, and yeah. it's like, I'm going, Mrs. I, and I'm going, I don't recognize that name in anything, and granted, I'm not going to, I'm not like, oh my god, I know everything about the Mary Poppins verse, because mm-hmm. I've never read the book or anything. Yeah, me, me either but you you get the basic idea of who she is as far as like because there's other things in there too that aren't in the books or uh you know that kind of thing where there's there's a couple of little liberties taken like the fact that Wendy can still fly where it's like mm, no after a while the fairy does does wear off you don't just get to fly indefinitely you know yeah. although I do I do kind of think that it was kind of fun that one Alice is a total bitch <laughs> she is oh my god is she a bitch but she's so mean but I I genuinely yeah, I genuinely <laughs> like the fact that Wendy has knives, and yes. not not only is that she's proficient in them, but it's the fact that not only is she yeah allowed to keep these knives in what they first perceived to be an insane asylum, which is <laughs> insane. They didn't remove them, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the fact she had them, and I'm going, you know what? That makes sense. It, I totally buy this. It does. She she turns you know she turns into a tomboy, short hair, and wears boyish clothes, and is always prepared to escape or do whatever. She's turned into yeah this little survivalist with knives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and um for some reason they never explicitly say it, but Rutherford gives me a Wizard of Oz feel as far as like the wizard. Okay, I never caught that. You had mentioned that, but I thought you said the assistant was someone that you were trying to place. Um, and I and I was going, who is the assistant yeah, then? They, and I couldn't. They, they yeah. Do, yeah, but like I could also see him being Sherlock Holmes and Watson. But I, okay, that I, okay, I can buy that. But then. like I, so I'm sitting there going, they remind me of like a mixture of both. Whereas you know, because Rutherford takes what they say at face value, whereas like Sherlock Holmes would be like a little more picking stuff apart. Um, but since if Rutherford was someone who had been to another dimension, or you know, or to one of these other worlds that he and he was trying to get back or figures out how they're doing it or whatever then I could see that so he hasn't been like pigeonholed the way that uh, Mary Poppins has as far as like oh yeah you totally know who that is you know or named outright as in Wendy you know Alice and Dorothy yeah and what I do, it's also kind of fun, is Alice just constantly wants to escape everything. Yep, Alice is like, fuck this, I'm gone. Dorothy still has the uh, 
the silver because it's the it's from the actual the book. Second one. Well, not only that, but it's after the second one because the first one she has the ruby slippers. When she returns to Oz the second time, she gets silver slippers. Yeah, but I think it's like in the book itself they were always uh, silver slippers. If I if I remember correctly, Maybe. and that's and I'm going back. I'm like, because that's another thing. That's I've another read. thing too. Yeah, I I read Wizard of Oz as a kid, so I. Uh, but yeah, she has silver slippers, not the ruby ones. But yeah, she just. Just steals the silver. She steals the slippers and just runs off to Oz, taking Wendy with her. Yep. And all of a sudden, you have the Wicked Witch of the West still alive. Yes, and they do explain basically how she remains alive is that Dorothy never actually killed her. Apparently, in Oz, if you you know douse a witch in water, uh, like I said, there's several liberties taken. Uh, she basically just turns into a puddle, and over time. She dries out and kind of reincorporates. She has to, like, reassemble herself. And it's taken the witch several years to do this. Which is, ha, witch. Uh, (laughs) This is also something that happens to Mary Poppins because in Oz... She qualifies as a witch. witch. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, she gets gets water thrown on her and she turns into a puddle and gets collected and taken back to Earth. Where she is still a puddle, and the doctor we can you know has to figure out how to put her back how together. Has to figure out and and not have it take forever. In the end, it ends up taking like a month to get her back to normal, as she's like living in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like, oh well, maybe if we add salt water, that'll help. Oh nope, that made it worse. Or I you know whatever they have to figure out how to get her back to herself and fairly quickly. There's there's so much good stuff in this because it takes everything that you think, you know, I and I go, yeah, everything you think you know, but it's what are what would the realities of having lived through some of this stuff? Like Dorothy really doesn't want to go back to Oz even though she can travel to there by will. Yeah. Because of her of her abilities and it's a place where she was basically coerced into murdering someone. Yes. So, of course, she doesn't want to go back, you know, and, and, like, Alice doesn't particularly want to go back either because she's wanted there and she's hunted. And then the other half is that she's revered because she killed the Red Queen. So they all deal with their own uh, realities. But the most important part is that when Alice decides to take the shoes and run away in Oz and then goes to find a mirror to get back. Because, okay, so the of the powers that the girls have, Wendy still can fly. That's basically it. She just still can fly. Uh, Alice has the ability to travel back and forth to Wonderland through mirrors. Or at least any mirrored surface. Yes. And uh, Dorothy, as they state at the end of the first one, she's always had the power to travel back and forth to Oz. Is She just needs the mental manifestation of the shoes yeah. well, the to shoes... focus that. But yeah. the shoes have their own ability yeah. on top of that. Because, when, uh, because Dorothy has the ability to travel and the fact that... She wears the shoes. She gives those shoes the ability to do it. The shoes act as a mirror to the person that last wore them. So when uh, Alice steals the silver shoes and fucks off to Oz because they were still they still had Dorothy's powers to transport her there, then the shoes take on the power of Alice, and so Alice now has so it's like then the next person to wear the shoes has the ability to step through mirrors to get to Wonderland so uh, and then at some point Wendy wears them and then Dorothy can fly because she Wendy was the last one to wear the pair of shoes so the shoes transfer the power from 
from the last person to the next as far as just being able to use them, not actually manifesting them. Yeah. So. Essentially the plot is that the the three girls, our heroines, have to stop the Wicked Witch of the West uh, and Dr. Dr. Hook. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Hook. Captain Hook, yes. (laughs) From uh, taking over the, essentially, the three worlds and... Oh yeah, and there's Jack from Wonderland, the Jack of Hearts, is running away from something. He's being hunted, and... He ends up in Oz. He does. And uh, takes over. Uh-huh, he does. So, so like, when the Wicked Witch, she leaves Oz. That's one of the things that happens when uh, Alice goes there. She leaves the portal open to get to... Or, or Wendy does, or somebody does. For some... Somehow, well, it's, well, it's the Wicked because... Witch ends up in Neverland yeah. on Hook's ship. And so they hatch this plot. Then Jack goes and takes over her castle. So so basically, Alice takes Jack out of Wonderland and instills him in the Wicked Witch's castle. So now the Wicked Witch and Captain Hook hatch a plan to not only get these girls, but also get the Witch's castle back. Yeah, and they totally bang. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah, they, not not in the comic. Not in the comic. No, 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 but in... it is so heavily inferred. Oh yeah. That yeah. It, they they, that they might thing. as well. <laughs> they, got, they definitely got a thing going on. Yes. Yes. So they 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 have a thing for each other for sure. And uh, Peter Pan does show up. He gets his ass kicked easily too, which oh, is funny. Oh yeah, it is. It is pretty funny. But then um, I do believe Alice gives him something to eat. Yeah, and he grows. And not only does and he get tall, but he grows up. He grows up and... Has it, feelings. Yes, has... has a funny <laughs> feeling in his pants. Yes. About Alice. <laughs> yes. And Alice is like, oh God, not again. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and so she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that for you. And uh, in the end, I think she uh, does something similar for Tinkerbell and I, sends I wanna them s- off together. I want to say he, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but uh, I want to say she, she shrinks Pan to Tinkerbell's size and they... I don't know. Either way, they both end up being the same size and they're off doing their own thing. <laughs> At the end of that, because it is heavily implied that there is a sequel, but as far as whether or not that's written or whatever that's happening, whatever, but it's definitely a little open-ended as far as, like, stuff all resolves and everything, but it it's implied that there could be more yeah. on the line. She shrinks uh, Pan to Tinkerbell's size, oh, okay. and, and all of a sudden he realizes how hot Tinkerbell is, and... <laughs> Hey, but, let's go uh, have some fun. <laughs> but yes, I love, I do love Alice's reactions to everything because she is a foul-mouthed little person too. Oh, she is. And I just because I, I was looking up as I was looking at this, the whole thing with uh, Mary Poppins, and it's like Mary Poppins uh, teleports in, and Alice's entire reaction is she can fucking teleport. <laughs> <laughs> it's like language, Alice. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, Alice is definitely, like, mentally, if I went to Wonderland and came back and nobody believed me, I would be Alice. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's just it. It's like, this, the art in this, because uh, if you've seen Sarah Scribbles, they're very, I don't want to say they're basic, but they're kind of, they're very scratchy looking. The, and, and... and they're a, they're a little simple. All of her comics are usually in black and white, and while there is some detail, it is simplified. Her little characters have big eyes, and 
yeah, she gets some crazy expressions, but this is detailed. Yeah, this is a lot more, it's manga-esque, but it's also, like, storybook. Yes. And it's just, it's beautiful art. I love, I just love looking at it. It, it is. It's very, like, especially when I saw the cover, I went, oh yeah, that seems right up my alley. And uh, <laughs> then what's, <laughs> there, there's one thing that connects our comics today on the show, yeah, yeah. and that is a review. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Uh, one, of, one of the reviews for Cheshire Crossing is from one of the authors of the second <laughs> Of the, yeah, the next thing we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll move on, because Tisher Crossing, yes, 100%. This is awesome. It's, and it's relatively kid-friendly. So if you have, you have a child who watches normal cartoons nowadays, you can pass this off. Even if you have, said, yeah, have an issue against swearing, you can change some yeah. of the words. Yeah, the, well, even there, the swearing is all, you know, bleeped out. Yeah. It's, it, is it even then, the sexuality in it, they... Definitely muted. It's there, but if you're not... It's like like in the grand scheme of things when like when I was growing up and you were growing up where it's like there was stuff there, but you definitely if you're young enough, you're not going to necessarily catch it. Yeah, it's, you know, if, His, you're, if you're innocent enough. Yeah. Pan's feelings are, I like girls. Yeah, and, whereas you know, before he didn't, he thought girls were yucky, whereas yeah. like now it's like, oh, yeah, he's starting to like girls and let's go hold hands and maybe yeah. kiss and not. Yeah. But but we all know exactly <laughs> what he's saying, yes. and we go, ha, 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 that's dirty. <laughs> yeah. But the next one is The Adventure Zone, Here There Be Gerblins. <laughs> now, this is based off of a podcast. Uh, podcast By the it, same name, The yeah. Adventure Zone. It's uh, from the Brothers Griffin, uh, well, Brothers Griffin, Brothers McElroy. Uh, <laughs> God, today. Uh Griffin, Justin, Travis, and they all uh, had a show called My Brother, My Brother and Me. This became a spinoff where the three of them and their father, uh, Clint, started playing Dungeons and Dragons. And they play Dungeons and Dragons poorly? poorly? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the rules don't... Not, it's not very technical. Yeah, so fast you, and loose with the rules. Yeah, they will take literary, uh, you know, it's like, well, let's see which one is going to be better for the show. We're going to do that instead. And there's a lot less rolling for, oh, yeah, do an acrobatics check unless you really, really need it. You know, so there, it is fast and loose yeah. with the rules it's, for sure. Yeah, it's a live, it is a live play podcast. They are rolling the dice. They are doing all that stuff. It is funny as hell. And where this comic comes in uh it's based off what essentially is quote unquote the first season of their show uh which is the balance arc it's uh 69 episodes i highly well i highly recommend the entire thing all of them oh yes but uh because they played dungeons and dragons fifth edition they were playing uh one of the little quests from the DD starter set called the lost mine of ben delver something like that uh and because that is all copywritten Wizards so, of the Coast. Some some names were changed. Yes. <laughs> names names of places and some people have been changed to protect the innocent. Yes. <laughs> but we have in, uh, in the in the podcast they weren't. They yeah. were used they they used the actual names. In the comic they were changed. 
Yes. So, yes. like, if you listen to the podcast and go, wait a minute, that's not the same, that's why. It's, yeah, the characters from the podcast were altered to be into the in the comic. And what I love about the comic is it really does do a great job of translating the, the characters onto page because, yes, it's them role-playing, so... It's all done through spoken word. Like, there's no visuals that you see, but in the comic, it, you can almost literally literally listen to the comic and read the book at the same time. Yeah, and it, other than from their random asides and tangents. Yes. Yeah, you you lose you do lose out a lot of the sides, but uh you have for the characters in this, you have Taco, who was voiced by Justin in the in the thing, who is an elf wizard who according to the book is proficient in spellcasting, transmutation, and gastronomy. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he was a, he's a he was a, he's chef. a chef on TV, but TV doesn't yes. exist. And I do, I do regret that they excise Taco's search to uh, create a taco. Yeah, because that does randomly show up, and it, that's an overarching thing where it's like a, a bits the and pieces, secret, of... the secret of the taco, and so they learn about ground meat and ta- and tortillas yeah. well, and just, lettuce. And well, I just love the and uh, during the uh, lunar interlude, he gets the void fishes, Iker, and goes through his transform uh, mental transformation, and the first thing he says is sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't know what it means, but. <laughs> Oh, I remember. I, I've always remembered that after that happened. <laughs> oh God! Now we also have that, that happens after this comic. Well, so don't is it? Well, no, it's is it's it in there? it's it, yeah. That part is there at the end of the book. Okay, but it's not there in the book. Oh, okay, okay. So it is like in that area, but they removed it from the the actual book version. Okay, let's see. We also have Merle Highchurch, uh, who is. Uh, played by Clint, who's a dwarf cleric who's proficient in healing, supposedly, uh, (laughs) religion stuff, and bleeding. Yeah, because Merle is not great at anything. Yeah, Yeah, Clint uh, messes up a lot of roles for healing people, forgets to heal people. Well, and, like, for him, okay, so all the other boys have played it. He is the, he's the newcomer. He has no idea if, like, I know the basics and I would know more than Clint did walking in. Yeah, it's like, he's old enough, you know, very much older gentleman, and he's, you know, lived through the Gygax era and stuff, and he's, you know, from what they had said in the, like, the first episode, he's a pretty big nerd, but he had never actually played Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, he was the noob. Yes. And then uh, Travis McElroy does uh, Magnus Burnsides, who's a human fighter who's proficient in battle, carpentry, and everything else, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. He just kind of, all throughout the... Uh, Magnus, <laughs> Magnus just does shit. Yeah. <laughs> and also shit done. And also, while Magnus will always rush in because he's the human fighter, mm-hmm. Taco's good out here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. You do that. Which is funny because when I play those type of things, I'm more of a taco than a, than a yeah. Magnus. You, you play in a video game, I'm very much Magnus. I just will run in and hit things. And I will sit at the back and shoot shit with a sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> but Griffin also, in the comic, Griffin does show up as the... The narrator. Well, not so much the narrator. He is their dungeon master, and he just kind of pops in yeah. and at one point scares the hell out of him in his first oh, appearance. Yeah. yeah. 
But he'll just pop up in a little bubble in the corner because obviously in the podcast they narrate it. So when they have like a direct conversation that's pertinent to the story, that's when Griffin will pop up on Yeah, it, It's like, it basically keeps the, the rule-centric humor and stuff like that. Yes. Happening because there's a lot of jokes just at the expense of making dice rolls based <laughs> <Yes>. on things. <laughs> Be like, ooh, that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, so, and and as the story goes along, because this adventure is essentially they go, they get hired to uh, take some stuff, and this will be the last adventure you'll ever need because you'll apparently, you know, even though it sounds ominous, like they're going to be murdered at the end of it. The idea is that, oh yeah, this is going to have a huge payout at the end of it, so we'll yeah. never have to do anything after this but things of course go sideways when of course they do when Merle uh well yeah Merle's uh cousin ends up getting captured and they have to go and rescue him and it turns out that it's just now this is where where the Griffin's stuff kind of Griffin's story really deviates from the original adventure because yeah it's like I guess in the original adventure you just kind of go through this mind fight a boss and that's kind of the end of it that's depressing you know it's you know just a quest (laughs) And this one goes off in... Griffin's tale is much better. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, it's it's a very simplistic story that becomes a lot more complex as Ooh, it goes along. Boy, howdy. This also, this comic does contain some celebrity cameos. Oh, yes. Because uh, one of the characters who they renamed, thankfully, from whatever his original name was to Barry Blue Jeans. <laughs> Because he has blue jeans. Yep, he wears blue jeans. And he is, he's a celebrity cameo because he's going to be played by Tom Arnold, who is, of course, the uh, logical middle ground between John Stamos and John Goodman. (laughs) You also have uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer and, oh, and Common. Because it's common, but with the voice of Kelsey Grammer. Uh, oh, as far as how they're described, huh? Yeah, is okay. the, is the uh, Gerblin Yavi. Okay. If, I, if I'm remembering right, I know it's Kelsey Grammer is the voice, but he looks, if I'm right to say, he looks like common. Yeah, because, well, in, in the podcast, it's like, oh, yeah, Justin, Clint, and Travis do their own characters' voices. Griffin does the rest. So he has to come up with these names on the spot, and if he talks to, like, some other NPC, PC, he has no script for. He has to pull a voice out of his ass and then try to remember it later. He becomes a recurring character, like Barry fucking Blue Jeans. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, before we go any further, let me just. Uh, it is adapted by Clint, so he took this entire arc and distilled it to the core essentials. And the art is by uh, Carrie, and I'm going to get her name completely wrong. Uh, Pitch. Peach, something like that. Uh, essentially, she did. Uh, there's she's done issues of Lumberjanes, uh, Adventure Times, uh, Marceline Goes Adrift. She's got this very nice cartoony style that fits this so well. Oh yes, because the McElroys are anything but serious. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> definitely needs the most expressively goofy art ever. And her stuff is so pitch perfect. Yes. It definitely goes well together. But yeah, so we get a lot of stuff. You know, they're going through the, these mines. They meet goblins, uh, gerblins. Yeah. And, amongst other things. But I think the, the most entertaining part is they meet their main villain, who is this uh, dark elf called the Black Spider, who <laughs> has the, like, the, the silliest, in the podcast, the <laughs> most silliest German accent of all time. Yes. 
and they they do the best. What are you talking about? Well, oh, thank you know, thank God, someone has a normal voice. Says says his taco at one point, but they they do this thing where they defeat him, but then he crafts this master plan. He steals the unconscious body of Meryl's cousin and comes back, and he's disguised himself similar. He's like, and the guy's like, oh no, I know what's going on. He's going, he's he's trying to trick you, but I'm the real, you know, what's whatever his name is. He's like, oh yes. I am no, I am the real one. He's yeah. he's a bad boy. Yeah. This one, he's trying to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> because he can change his appearance, but, but not, not his, his voice. voice. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically yeah, I said these guys go on this adventure. They end up in this in this tomb, fight this guy, and it turns out that all these treasures that they're looking for are not basically are not the real treasure, and it's just this artifact that this other person is looking for, but every time she speaks, this orc woman speaks, they just kind of hear a, you know, yeah, it's just garbled nonsense. Static. (laughs) Static. And I I won't go into why that is, but that is we do get an explanation at the very end of the comic. And it, it's the the reason is the main overarching story out of all of them because this is the very first one. This is their first series of the Dungeons and Dragons thing. They end up with like six or seven or more. This podcast has been going on for years. I honestly at this I was thinking about where did I hear about Adventure Zone because I know you heard about. It from me because I'm going, oh my god, you need to hear this. Right, and we were only a few episodes in, and we've been listening to, we've been listening to the Adventure Zone for years. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for five years, and we were listening to it before we were together. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's like, I want, I, the problem is, it's like, I heard about this somehow, and it's just, I wish I could remember how this came, came across. Did you, did you? Did you come across it with my brother and brother and me? No, I didn't even know that existed. Huh. It it might have been a recommendation. Maybe. It it was something cuz around the same time I was listening I started listening to uh, Welcome to the Magic Tavern and I stopped listening to that because it it was humorous for a while but not as humorous as this. Yeah. So maybe it was I came across Magic Tavern and this was recommended or or vice versa where just somehow I came across this and I tried that. I I don't know because yeah. it's on Maximum Fun. Did we watch it? Did we hear it, listen to anything else on Maximum Fun? Uh I Why would what? Yeah, there was there was some there was a few things I listened for Maximum Fun, but even then those came later. Yeah, I so I I don't remember exactly how you came across it either, other than like you need to listen to this and whether it was somebody who told you or if you randomly found it searching somewhere. Yeah, but listen, these two books are one hundred percent indie. Yeah, a really a really cool comic shop would probably carry it, but it's not necessarily like the first thing that your comic shop would think of because they're not they're there were never released issues. They're straight out graphic novels. Yeah, like Cheshire Crossing, we got through Amazon. Adventure Zone I got through uh, Barnes and Noble, yeah. but but yeah, Amazon things like that too. There's they do have a second volume out uh, that came out this year in 2019, and they should have another one out next year. They seem to be releasing every July. Okay, that's good to know because I didn't even know the second one was out yet. Yeah, which is gonna have uh, our uh, young boy detective. <laughs> which yeah, I can't because wait to... yeah, because it's it's the train <laughs> one. The second the second volume is uh, what is it? Um, uh, the night. Well, the, I want to. I want to say it's the like the name yeah. is going to be changed because they can't. Oh, Rockport Express. I think they do keep the name because I think Rockport was original. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to say that was original. Yeah, that one ends spectacularly. 
love yes, idea. I can't. Yes, very much would love to see how they adapt this. But oh my god, if you love if both these things, if you love humor, go for it. But if you just love zaniness, Adventure Zone one hundred percent is zany as hell. Oh yes, because they will straight up pull shit out of their ass. And like because, I said, uh, does Geralt show up in here? No, no, that's Not that's yet. later on. That's actually that'll be the one that's out next year. Okay, because yeah, it it gets nuts, and like one of the mid level bosses in here, they charm, and then you know it's like, oh yeah, we're best friends, yeah. and they're Be- like, okay, we have a limited amount of time to get this you know, get this information out of them. So, uh, you know, yes, the bugbear becomes. A hugbear. Yes. <laughs> well, there's so also they find creative solutions to to all the sorts of stuff. Problems that Griffin presents to them, <laughs> trying to open a door and no one can do it. <laughs> well, there's also it. It is divided up into chapters, even though that's not how like the the podcast. Yeah, are chapters because each episode is a new chapter of it. But that's not those chapters are not equivalent to the podcast ones. Yes, yeah, so there's I, not 69 chapters in this book, no. Yeah. There's only, like, seven or eight. Yeah, well, it's like, but the, uh, I, one thing I love is chapter four is a single page, and it's the travel yes. montage. Yes. Because <laughs> they sing a song. Travel montage! <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I regret that they didn't include from the podcast, aside from the taco quest, is they do have, uh, it, it does run a long time, but the deadly mushroom puzzle, where they keep talking, oh. and it every time they talk, it sets off these poisonous mushrooms. Yes. And it's funny. It it goes too long. Like in the in the podcast, it's way too long. But it's also hilarious. Yes, the, this is definitely one of like the shows, the podcast that we listen to that we laugh so hard that if we're driving, we have to pull over because we're crying and we're worried about hurting people. I'm <laughs> I am almost I'm I'm being only slightly facetious when I say this. That almost happened at one point. I laughed so hard driving. Uh, to work that, yeah, I I literally had to stop the podcast, otherwise I <laughs> felt like I was going to be in danger. Yeah, they they get it. Oh, they get it so bad. It's it's, and then they just go back to it, and it's like then you're set off again, and it's they get crazy. Well, thank you, Heather. Thank you, especially for bringing Cheshire Crossing to me, because that's one that just probably wouldn't have shown up. I would feel bad having not read it. Yes. Now. Yeah, because, oh, how those two are connected. Yeah, Justin, I do believe it's Justin. He's the one who wrote the review for Cheshire Crossing. Yeah. I knew I was probably going to get it, and as I'm looking on Amazon, there's the Justin <laughs> review on there, and I went, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, oh man. Well, it's also, it has reviews also from uh, Ryan North, who has been writing Squirrel Girl. Yes, that's the other one. Uh, Squirrel Girl's a favorite, so I, that that sold me too, and then sealed the deal was Justin. Yeah, so definitely check these out. Uh, they make great gifts if you have, again, if you have a young uh, youngin, especially, it definitely again, YA, even though it is uh, yeah. female-centric, it's definitely good for everybody. I'd... Yeah, I, I would give Cheshire Crossing to my 11-year-old niece, and the 8-year-old one. She, she, they would both, they would both love the, the Cheshire Crossing. They would find it hysterical, and oh my gosh, because, you know, they're little girls, and they're yeah. And they know who they are, yeah. Yeah, and the whole story is girl-centric, so. And it's also, and it's very, you know, pro-girl without A, being little over, you know, over the top or preachy or anything like that. It's very good. Yes, the girls are all very capable. 
So thank you, listeners. Uh, again, you can check us out on RetroRocket.com. We have lots of podcasts you can take a listen to. I'm on Twitter under Musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. Drop us, drop me a line there. Drop us a line on uh, on the site. And Heather does not have... Nope. Is not social media nope. oriented? Nope. I, I got tw- my arm twisted to have a Facebook, so nope. And that's just to mainly keep in touch with family. Thank you, my love. And we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Later, guys.